Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. We are a church that is for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We are passionate about helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So if you're just joining us for the first time, we would love for you to check out our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. There you can find ways to connect with us and see what's happening at Crosspoint. Now, let's listen to this week's Sunday message. take a moment to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. We thank you that your presence has touched us already, that you've moved amongst us and encouraged our hearts, challenged them, called you to yourself, called us to yourself. And now, Lord, we want to learn more about you and how to follow you, how to honor you with our lives. And so, Lord, I do pray that as we look into your word, that you would, by your spirit, guide us And you would make the words alive and that they would have the ability to touch our hearts and point us in a new direction that honors you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Delaney stole my opening thing when she talked about service. Service, uh, that next slide there, please. A disciple with service has a posture of service to others. They give of their time, treasures, talents to build up the church and to help others in need. You see, Crosspoint has these five marks of a disciple that we believe are so important that every year we emphasize them at the beginning of the year. Not only that, but the journey is an expansion of that. How do you enter into each of these? And it helps us get a sense of how we move forward in our discipleship pathway. And that's what we want to be. Jesus said, called us to make disciples. Go and make disciples. As you live, make disciples. As you live, you can make disciples in your family, in your workplace, in the teams that you play with. Wherever it is, you are called to make disciples. And one of the key ways that this is initiated is through service. You know, last week I introduced a little saying that an eight-year-old <clears throat> said when asked, why did they name Jesus or call Jesus the Word? And here it is, Jesus is everything God wants to say to us. And in this area of service, this is true. You see, God wanted to make clear to us what is the best way to represent Him? What is the best way to go about being active in the world. Well, the big command, many of you know it, it starts off like this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with your mind, your soul, your strength. And then the second one's like the first, love your neighbor as yourself. But that's theoretical at a certain level, isn't it? Because we're all trying to figure out what it means to love, how to love, how to do it well. And yet along comes Jesus, and he's everything God wants to say to us. He is everything that represents who who God is, how God is. This morning as we were taking communion, we were invited to the Lord's table. And Jesus, in a number of places, has used some pretty radical words talking about the Lord's table when he talks about the fact that this wine is my blood, this bread represents my body or is my body, take and drink, take and eat. Do you realize that when you come to take communion, 
you're coming to receive Jesus in a fresh way. Communion is not just a representation of something. Communion really has this calling that when we come and take those elements, we're encountering the person of Jesus. And in encountering the person of Jesus, we're acknowledging that his life, represented by the bread, means something to us. It represents the way we should live. And that juice, it represents his blood, which cleanses us from all sin. Why is that so important? Because it allows the Holy Spirit to be present in our lives. And so when we come to the table, we're coming and we're opening up our hearts and we're saying, Lord, I want to live like you. I want you to come and be in my life. And in being in my life, I need you to empower me, to enable me to do all that you are asking me to do. So, I sometimes feel that in the evangelical world, we've missed out on the power of communion to remind us of the presence of Christ. And in reminding us, we humble ourselves and we come and we acknowledge him and we receive him again in the fullness of who he is. Inviting him into those areas that maybe we haven't let him in on in the past. I know this morning through the songs and through the exhortation that Micah gave, there were areas that I was saying, Lord, I need you in here. I need you to be working in me so that I can best represent you in this world. What about you? Did communion just be an exercise, walking to the front, sitting down and taking it? Or was it a time of reconnecting with Lord Jesus Christ? The first verses I want to take a look at this morning, by the way, that was an addition to the rest of the sermon, so I better check the time. John chapter 13. This is the passage where Jesus gets together with his disciples for the Last Supper. They get into the room. They're all eager to sit down and have this meal together. And something has been missed. Jesus pays attention and he notices what is missed. And so what he does is he gets up, takes off the outer garment that he was wearing. He goes over, he picks up a bowl. And he walks over and he kneels in front of Peter says, I'm going to wash your feet. Of course, Peter protests because Jesus is his Lord, his master. <clears throat> no, no. Jesus says, if you don't let me do this, you can't be a part of me. Peter says, well, then go ahead, wash all of me. Jesus says, no, only your feet are dirty. <clears throat> so he washes his, and then he moved to John, and to James, and Nathaniel, I'm not going to try to name them all. I'll probably forget somebody. But the fact is, he went around and did all 12 disciples' feet. And then what did he do? He stands up and he says, have you paid attention to what I've done? If I, your teacher and Lord, will wash your feet, you must do this for one another. You see, Jesus is our example of service. Jesus sets the bar of what it means to serve. 
Are you paying attention to that? One of the things that I really have appreciated about Crosspoint as a community is the level of engagement we have with people who are willing to come together and serve the body. We have a whole crew, Kitchen Connections crowd, who hardly ever turn down an opportunity to serve through the kitchen. We had a group of people here yesterday who are painting, cutting limbs, changing light bulbs, putting up shelving, whatever they were doing, they were doing it. But we have a whole bunch of volunteers with kids. We have a bunch of volunteers that are involved in connections, welcoming us, making sure things are secure. If you took a look at our metrics, I was going to say matrix, but metrics. If you take a look at our metrics month over month, and then quarterly, something like 120 individuals serve in this congregation every quarter. 120. That's, over, that's about half of us as adults. Service is central to understanding the heart of the Father. You see, Jesus used service, says, if I'm doing this, you need to do it. He redefined leadership. He redefined what it meant to minister. In the secular world, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but over the last, probably, it probably started back in the 19... 90s into the early 2000s, there was quite a move in the corporate world to embrace servant leadership. And it's continued to unfold, and part of it is because the younger generation demands it. The younger generation wants to be alongside the leaders. They want to be engaged with one another. They want to serve together. Hopefully, we as a church want to serve together. Our vision statement talks about it. On mission together, unified. So Jesus led by example. Philippians chapter 2 takes it a little farther. This is where it says, verse 5, you should have the same attitude as Christ. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And you see, service by itself isn't enough. Your attitude in service matters. You are to have the same attitude as Christ had who humbled himself, put himself in a place of serving others. When he did that thing at the Last Supper, that was because he cared about his disciples. He was focused on them. He wanted to make sure they understood what kind of leadership it would take to disciple people, to move people forward. And when we talk about service, you need to recognize that when we get engaged in the community here, or we get engaged in our neighborhoods, 
one of the things that happens is people start to pay attention to the fact that you're coming alongside to help them, to be with them, to encourage them. But if your attitude is a bit arrogant in that service, you've lost the battle. But if you humble yourself, you become obedient to God's calling and His voice. All of a sudden, your service takes on a whole different dimension. And it opens doors for the gospel to be shared with people. So attitude matters. Galatians chapter 6. In Galatians chapter 6, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, if anyone, if another believer is overcome from sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourselves. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help others, ah, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. I like this translation, by the way. You see, service is critical in discipleship. But it's only critical if the attitude's right. And the attitude is quite clear. There's three things involved in this attitude. First, it's to please God. It says, share each other's burdens in this way fulfill the law of Christ. Secondly, it's about supporting one another. It's about supporting your neighbors. I mean, this Galatians was written to the church, and it's an internal document in that sense. But when we take the bigger picture, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, all of a sudden you can see that this idea of service goes beyond just our brothers and sisters, but goes to our neighbors, our colleagues, our friends outside of the community of faith. And how do we serve and how do we give ourselves there? And then finally, there's an element in service that is about personal responsibility. When you serve, you serve in a way that honors Jesus. You fulfill the law of Christ, but you fulfill it in a way that represents him the most clearly. That's what it says here in this passage, right? It says, each one is to take responsibility for themselves. This is verse 4. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will be sat satisfied with a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we each are responsible for our own conduct. Though, so there you have it. Service is about embracing it in its fullness for the sake of those around us because God has called us to do that. Finally, I want to take a look at Galatians 6, starting at verse 7, because it goes on to say a little bit more. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Drop down to verse 10. Therefore, whenever we have an opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. There are consequences from service. They're unintended in a sense. They just happen because of our service. But these unintended consequences are in this law, spiritual law, what you sow, you will also reap. 
Brenda and I have experienced this a number of times, where we've stepped out to help somebody and cared for them. And you know what has happened? They have stepped back into our lives to care for us. Maybe not exactly the same way, but in a way that is meaningful to them and to us. You see, when we step out and care for each other, we're opening up a door. We're opening up a door that reveals who we are and what our heart is. And if our attitude isn't right, people can pick that up. And if we're just doing something because, well, it'll make us look good, or it'll make my ministry stronger, or my relationship, developing this relationship will create allies in my conflicts. All of these things are ways that we can get lost in our service and not please God. But when we enter in a relationship and we recognize that God is moving us and He's speaking to us and directing us in our relationships and we follow Him in those things, it starts to open up doors. <clears throat> we had an interesting thing happen. We moved into our house in Fort McMurray. The neighbor brought over a plate of cookies. It wasn't us initiating the relationship. It was her, someone who didn't even know Jesus. Brenda did the right thing, good thing. I can't remember what you put on your plate, but you sent a plate back full. And it started a relationship. And in that simple interchange, a relationship was established that grew and grew to the point where her and her husband, well, at that time, her partner, started following, coming to church. And they started pursuing God. And then at a certain point, they made a decision to get married. And they committed themselves to the Lord Jesus. It all started with a little bit of service. With an opportunity to care for somebody else, to speak into their lives, to be alongside them in whatever way. Not because you were padding your statistics of how many people you've won to the Lord, but because you cared and loved them. And you showed yourself faithful in loving them in the way Jesus would love them. There are unintended consequences. Some of them are good because you're following the steps of Jesus. Some of them can be hard. Sometimes when we do things just because we want somebody to do something for us, it becomes evident. And that relationship becomes questionable. Have you ever noticed that? Someone comes alongside and they're doing stuff for you, but all of a sudden you realize, well, they're only doing stuff for me because they need something from me. And all of a sudden you hold them back. It's an unintended consequence. What you sow, you will reap. And so I want to go back to the beginning. When Jesus gave himself, his attitude was, I am God in heaven, but I don't have to be in this place. There's a need over here. I am going to give this up to embrace this for their sakes. One of the songs, someone will have to tell me what song it is. There's a song, I love this line. Well, I can't even remember the line, so I'm going to murder it anyway. It's something like this. God didn't want heaven without us. 
because he loved us. Right? He wants us present. He wants everybody present. And the way that we do that, the way the door is opened into people's lives and into each other's lives is through serving, through being aware of each other. So service has the attitude of, I'm not better than you. Matter of fact, it goes farther than that. I am following Jesus, and I'm doing whatever he directs me to do because I love him, and I want to honor him. Did you notice the songs this morning? Did you notice the words about his lordship and how he's given everything for us? How can we not give everything back? This morning, uh, <clears throat> I have a friend, an acquaintance, more of an acquaintance, who got hold of my uh, <clears throat> phone number, and he posts a scripture verse every morning, 7 o'clock, faithfully, it dings. Whether I'm sleeping or not, it doesn't matter, it dings. And I typically don't pay attention to those because, well, sometimes they're just verses that don't speak to me. But this morning's verse was this from Colossians chapter 3. And I want to speak this over you this morning. Since God chose you, cross point, to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderness, tenderheartedness, mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. That's the hard one. Forgive anyone who for, for, uh, offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. <clears throat> These, this is Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13. That, that is the root attitude of the heart in service. That's Jesus' attitude. And we want to embrace that. And so I want to encourage you, as we pray together, as we seek God's purposes and intentions for Crosspoint, at the very heart of it is God's desire to work through us in serving our communities, our neighbors, the neighborhood around the building here. God's intention is that we would have the attitude of Jesus. And that's what's coming to the table is about. It's embracing the heart of Jesus again. It's inviting him in to shape us and to mold us into his likeness so that when we leave this place, we leave with a tender heart. We leave with patience and mercy and kindness and humility. We leave with an intention to care about the people around us. Let's take a moment to pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your presence amongst us. I thank you that you are at work shaping us and molding us into your likeness. And I would pray, Lord, that we would open up our hearts every day to receive you afresh. We do it communally once a month, Lord. But Lord, may we do it every day in some way. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's the questions I want to ask you. There's that one slide there. 
So when you serve, do you check your attitude? When you get ready to serve somebody, are you going, Lord, do I have the right attitude to be most effective? And then the second question is, this is an evaluation question for you to reflect on. When you serve, what are the unintended consequences of your service? It might give you an insight into what motivates, what is behind how you're serving. In some cases, you're going to say, thank you, Lord. In other cases, you're going to say, Lord, help me. But whatever it is, we want to move into relationship with him in deeper and fresher ways all the time. We're going to be moving to, uh, oh, one announcement before that. <clears throat> when we talk about service, and there is opportunity within Cross Point Church for service, we want to give you opportunity to acknowledge that. There is a link on Realm, and that link will take you to a survey of opportunities that are available for you to serve at Cross Point. So if you have Realm, you can do that. Micah, is it also on the website that people that aren't on Realm can get to it? Okay. Slash notes? Okay. So the survey is also on the website. So if you're not on Realm, you can go to the website, thecrosspointchurch.ca slash notes, and you'll find that uh, survey there. Now, we also have an AGM afterwards. I'm going to say some of the same things that Delaney said earlier. If you're staying for the AGM and you have children, uh, when we're done here, please go downstairs and get your kids, bring them up, bring them into the gymnasium. We'll have lunch together there. Then following the lunch time and just as we start the AGM, you can take your kids back downstairs so they can be taken care of and then come up into this room for our AGM. It will start as shortly after the meal as we can get it going. Okay. Third one. There is a cross over here, and it's a good place to come when you want prayer. And so I encourage you to come. Uh, there will be people there to pray with you and, uh, yeah, see how God wants to meet you in that place. Now, as Delaney did with the kids, I'm going to do it with you big kids. Please stand and receive benediction. You are the people of God. You are called by God into his redemptive work in the world. So go and be who you are. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, knowing that all three of them are present to help you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, and welcome back. Thanks for listening to this Sunday's message. We hope that we've helped you in your spiritual journey and that you're drawing closer to God. At Crosspoint, we gather on Sundays at 10 a.m. in Northeast Edmonton and throughout the week in something we love to call home groups. Home groups are encouraging and transformational communities for people just like you. We believe that the journey of faith is done together. So we hope that you'll connect with us at thecrosspointchurch.ca. Now, let me remind you of who you are. You are the people of God, called by God into his redemptive mission in the world. So be who you are.